Welcome to Beers Without Frontiers, episode 20. I'm here with Vicky. Hello. And Charles. Hi. And today we are at Lab Culture Brewery in Redditch, Worcestershire, with John, the sales and collaboration manager. Hello. Um, so, firstly, before we get on to um, Lab Culture itself, actually, first and foremost, we've yeah. got a beer in front of us, which yeah. uh, we, we should talk about what we've got in the glass, actually, at the moment. So, um, John, you want to tell us what we've, we've got? Uh, yes, yeah, so this is Galileo Galilei which is our 6% West Coast style IPA. Um, it's made with Simcoe, Amar- Amarillo and Citra hops. Um, still got a lot of malt going through it. It's got a lot of bitterness on the back end. It's mm. a classic West Coast style. Mm. Uh, it's one of the first beers we ever made. Um, it's now made it into our core ranges. Yeah. Um, kegs and 330ml cans for this. Right. Well, it's... Um it's very, it's very piney and resinous, isn't it? How you expect yeah, it to be? Really. Yeah, it's it's definitely slightly hazy. Was that the intention? Sort of yeah, like uh, yeah, definitely. It's it's taking um, taking the West Coast style yeah. and and run with that. So yeah, it's definitely got a bit of murk to it. Um, nice orange, orange. Yeah, it's very orangey. It's, yeah, I think it's what people expect a little bit these days mm. when you're looking at IPAs and and sort of the, the sort of crafty side of IPAs. If it is any clearer, then I think people question it a little bit now. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's it, yeah. I mean, if you've got something like Thornbridge Jaipur or whatever, people are used to having that as a kind of quite a bright beer. But like you say, now, with anything that's out in the last sort of uh, few years or whatever, people expect to not necessarily be able to see through it and to, uh, yeah, but it's, it's super true to style, isn't it? It's Perfect it's, ABV as well for that style. You need it, I mean. Yeah, yeah you need a little six bit. Six or seven. A little bit heavier. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think it tastes overly of the, of the ABV. I don't no. think you've got any, it's quite any soft. burn on the back end. It's quite soft still, even yeah. though it's quite bitter, bitter at the back end, which is yeah. like perfect, really. And as you know, I'm not a huge West Coast style because I, I don't, can sometimes find them a bit too bitter, but that's that's quite soft. It's quite it's, nice. Yeah, yeah, like there's a softness there. It yeah. just sort of rounds off quite nicely, doesn't it, as well? It's... Um, it's really drinkable, isn't it? Yeah. Actually, for uh, six, isn't it? Six percent. Yeah. So, a lot of, were a lot of the hops in the boil, or sort of dry hopping as well. Um, this one? So, the majority in the in the boil, yeah. uh, and then dry hop with, uh, I believe it's just the citra that we dry hop yeah. at, the, at the end. Um, but yeah, it mostly goes in, in the boil at the start. So, where you're getting the bitterness, then? Yeah, then, yeah. yeah. So, you get the majority of the bitterness out of the out of the hops we use. Um, yeah, so it's mostly leaf hops that we're using, yeah. um, rather than pellets as well. Cool. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Well, we've got some refreshments now. So, um, basically, um, before we get on to Lab Culture itself, actually, this is what we always ask our guests: what's what's your own sort of beer history and beer journey? You know, what's what's your favourite styles? What kind of got you into beer in the first place? All of that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, so I got into beer through being a, a publican. Um, mm-hmm. So I worked for the big boys to start with. Uh, yeah. So. Um, well, started with a company called Hardy and Hanson. Oh, heard of that. Nottinghamshire-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Via Tom Cobley and then to Spirit Group, Punch Taverns as they were. Yeah. Um, through Marston's and yeah, all that side of things, which is where I picked up a lot of the sort of real ale side of things. Mm. And, and there was a lot of focus on, on keeping decent real ales, um, but it was super trad back in the day. 
uh, and then moved from there to more independent style stuff. Uh, I did have my own pub for a little bit in the middle. It's a lot of hard work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I preferred getting paid holidays and that sort of thing. So, so that was that was short lived. Um, and then yeah, more independent boutique style stuff. Um, so we had a place over in Bolmere that was like a, a lounge restaurant in the day through to bars and cocktails, mm. that sort of thing in the evenings. Uh, again, uh, four or five handfuls for, for some real ales. Yeah. Then from there went to uh, Bitter and Twisted Venues in, in Birmingham City Centre. So it was an area manager for them looking after the, the pubs and bar side of things. So Victoria was probably the craftiest venue we had. Um, yeah. 40-odd cans and and so the one's just over it's john bright street is it yeah yeah yeah. john bright street yeah um so yeah 40 odd cans and and that sort of thing in the in the in the fridges three rotating keg lines and eight cask lines Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's really where i started getting more into the craftier side of things um so it's relatively new to to the craft scene that was probably back end of 2016 2017 Right. right yeah um and yeah through that Got into craft, started doing bits and bobs on Instagram with the sort of craft pages and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, went to a, a tap takeover that these guys did at Tilt um, yeah. last Christmas. Really liked what, what they were doing. Uh, and then they were looking for someone to join the team. So, uh, yeah, jumped at the chance. Yeah, and here and you here are. I am. Yeah, yeah. indeed. Oh, cool stuff. Nice so, in, t- in terms of sort of, um, you've sort of come more through the sort of traditional um, kind of uh, sort of thing, really. Um, is that still uh, stuff that you drink a lot of, or are you kind of more into crafty stuff these uh, days? I think I think there's a place for both. Yeah. Um, so certainly the sort of local pub that I go to mm. um, is is a Jules pub, so it's, it's very much. Um, hand ale, hand pulled ales, yeah. and, and trad side of things. Yeah. Uh, but even they're doing a bit of something different. So, so last week I was in there, and there was a uh, an orange pale ale. So you mm. know, that's that's even for for a trad brewery. It's that's pretty craft, isn't yeah. it? A, a little bit out out there. Um, so yeah, I think still think there's a place for it. I think there's far too much argument about mm. what's traditional, what's craft. Mm. I think there's, yeah. there's a lot of crossover, and as there should be. Um, it's quite blurred, isn't it? Yeah. So I think there's, there's good in, in both, isn't there, really? You know, you talk to any brewers, and they'll always just go, oh, favourite pint, Taylor Landlord. You know, they're, they're still big on beers that they can have four or five pints of yep. and, and absolutely just, you know, drink in those kind of quantities, as well as liking stuff that's a little bit more contemporary and maybe with higher ABVs, you drink smaller measures, there's, like you say, there's good in both yeah. camps, aren't there, really? So, uh, yeah. So, um, so how did the, how did the brewery start? Because um, I believe there's a link to another business as well. Yeah, so the business started as a hydroponic vertical farm, um, which is uh, an indoor farm on multiple levels, um, all grown under LED lights. Any leafy vegetables below about 12 inches high, um, so we do a lot of basil and different variants on basil, um, other herbs, lettuce and and any green leafy vegetables really. Um, This is all under controlled LED lights, so the right spectrums for different plants. And at the end of that, because they're water cooled, they kick out a hell of a lot of heat, we're left with a load of hot water. Um, So Mike, who's who's our owner, uh, sat in the pub, having a pint, thinking, (laughs) what am I doing? 
with all this hot water that's just going to go down the drain. drain. Yeah. We thought we'll, uh, we can divert that to a brewery um, and then preheat liquor tanks and use the wasted hot water to cut down on, on the waste that we're producing anyway, reduce the, the energy that we need for, for running the brewery. Uh, and that's how the brewery was born. Mm. Um, we then got in a guy called Bert, who's our brewer, he's a Belgian guy who knows as much as anyone I know about brewing. Did a, a degree in Belgium on microbiology and brewing, and, and right. he's yeah, he's a very knowledgeable guy. Um, and he knows how to make beer, and nobody else did. So right. he's <laughs> come in, and yeah. he makes all our beers, comes up with our recipes, so on and so forth. Um, yeah, and that was that was lab culture. Right. It makes sense now because we had the um, when we had the saison on the mystery mm. beer a few episodes ago. Yeah, having a Belgian um, <laughs> brewer, yeah, that that completely explains why you yeah. can nail a saison. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I was a little bit surprised when when we kind of unwrapped that and go, oh right, it's by lab culture. Oh yeah, they're quite local. This is really true to style saison. So yeah, that all kind of adds up now, doesn't it? <laughs> it's yeah. all falling into place now. It's all making sense. Yeah. 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 So how many how many brewers are there here, and what are their backgrounds? So I know we talked a little bit about yeah, so Bert, Bert it's and just the one brewer. Know. Yeah. Um, so Bert does everything. We then yeah. got uh, Jack, who is brewery assistant. We're going to start formalising some of his brewery training and, and getting him up to speed. He's certainly very keen on on learning that side yeah. of the business. Um, he also is our drayman and he's our handyman and does a bit you of name everything. it. He yeah. does a bit of everything, but he's certainly come on board to to get into brewing. Mm. Um, he's got a, a restaurant background, so he's right. a, a sort of catering background, so his palate's very good at and building out flavours. And, and, and building recipes and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's, he's very good at, at, at tasting stuff yeah. and, and, and pairing different flavours and hops and that sort of thing. So him and Bert and myself are very good at bouncing ideas for new beers and, and flavour combinations off each other. Mm. Um, so yeah, so Jack is getting on board with, with the brewing side of things. And, and like I say, certainly his main job is, is brewery assistant to, to Bert. Um, then there's myself that looks after the sales and marketing side of things. And um, yeah, starting to look at collaborations and, and trying to work with some, some new people. Um, and that's, that's about us really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then the rest of the team are looking after the vertical farm. Mm. Um, and we've got a bit of an R&D department that are looking at, at future sustainable technologies and, and, and that sort of thing as well. So, yes, we're a pretty, pretty concise little team. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. You've got the sort of different strands to the business, really, mm. which is quite unusual. I don't think there's anybody else around, really, that's doing this kind of mixture of advanced technology farming. Urban farming. Yeah, yeah <laughs> urban farming um, and, and producing beer. But it all kind of interlocks, doesn't it, really, when you look at how it's all been put together. So, so yeah, it's like you're saying. You're obviously the hot water from the plants is uh, make, doing the brewery. And a lot of breweries, obviously these days, do the um, send their bent grain off to uh, farms. farms and stuff. Yep. Um, what do you do with yours? Do you? So at the moment, it's also going off to a farm. So it's cattle food for now. Um, but we are looking at ways to to use it in in a, in a better way, and that's part of what the R and D department's looking at. Um, so I think through a couple of different processes, um, we're potentially going to bring it back round to, to fertiliser for the plants that we're using in the, in the vertical farm mm, okay. um, via uh, probably a, a maggot farm and, and making maggot meal and, and proteins out of, out of insects 
through a fish farm uh, and then yeah, waste from that back into to fertilising the plants. And those will all stay within this building? No. Right. No. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't so. think Bert would be particularly happy about having farms <laughs> no. next to his brewery. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah that, that, that one, one off site somewhere else. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was thinking because obviously we've just done a tour before we we sat down on the microphones, and it literally is just you know it's like really an impressive. In, it's, it's an industrial unit. You we drive up, drove up and we were like, how is there a farm and a brewery here? Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then when you. You said about a maggot farm and a fish farm, and I'm thinking, how's that going to be? It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah obviously, it'll uh, be el- elsewhere. Yeah. yeah because the fish aren't going to be very happy under LED lights, aren't no, they? No, no, so, <laughs> no, no, so, no that's, that's, that's interesting, though, to, to sort of almost like add in to other sustainable routes to stuff to come full circle again is, is really really interesting and the whole sustainability thing is I think the way that it's it's got to go because I think I was reading just yesterday it takes about five pints of water to brew a pint of beer so you know there's anything that can be done to kind of like streamline that I guess from an environmental point of view is, is yeah I think Mike is, is the owner is, is, is come from a, a background that was very much into financing new sustainable technologies um, and that's, that's very much at his heart and, and what he wants to look to do more of. Um, so yeah, it's not, it's not so much of a, a, a gimmick that it's, we've got sustainability on the can and, and, and that covers that base. No, it's it actually the core of the business, a, isn't yeah, it? An ethos yeah. that, that we're looking to, to progress further and, and, and really cut down carbon footprint and, and make something that is actually, yeah, exactly sustainable more, yeah. the more you drink that beer the better you're doing to the environment <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'll, I'll go along with that yeah. yeah we can work with that one yeah so um, obviously we're we're, um, we're drinking one of the beers now but can you tell us about the, the what the core range of the, of the beers is as stands at the moment yeah so the core range we've got at the moment we've got the Galilee that we're doing here now um, we've got uh, Gregor Mendel which is a Three four point two percent pale ale, yeah. Um, Chinook and Simcoe in that one. It's just super easy drinking pale ale. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, sort of sessionable, kind of. Yeah, ale. sessionable. Um, still got those sort of fruity New World hops to it. Um, it's not dissimilar to to the Galilee, really. Yeah. Um, slight, yeah, slightly thinner, but uh, yeah, easy drinking. You can drink it all day long. Um, yeah. And then we've got the Alfred Noble. Uh-huh. Was Albert Einstein, but had a, a rename due to uh-huh. uh, some issues with using Einstein's name on things. Uh-huh. Um, really? Yeah. yeah, so that's our second rye IPA. Chinook uh, and Amarillo in that one. Um, not a massive amount of rye in it, so mm. you've got a little bit of that spicy rye notes at the back end, but, but not overpowering, which I think some rye beers can be. Mm. A little too spicy. Depends on yeah, how much you like your rye. I mean, I quite like the rye beers. I have actually had that one. Uh, it was on tap at Twisted Bar in Coventry yep. um, a month or two back. So, yeah, enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's getting great feedback. Um, so, I don't know if you guys know, um, Beer Bods had it as part of their... Box subscription. Yeah, subscription um, box, yeah. and they do a monthly tasting, online tasting, that sort of thing. So, yeah. so, it was on there. So, we got quite a lot of feedback from that, which was, was mostly positive. So, so it was, it's... Yes, it was a good way to get get the beers out there a little bit. Cool. Um, but that that is fundamentally our core range. We just have the three. They're all again. We only do keg. We don't do any cask. Um, and in in three thirty mil cans. 
Right. Um, so yeah, that's that is our core range. Yeah. So you, you mentioned about going into the beer boards thing. Is that quite a diff? I'd imagine that's quite a difficult thing to get into. I guess really because it's almost like a gateway of getting out to a load of people that have possibly Completely never heard market, of you at yeah. all before and you're getting out all over the country then aren't you yeah um, yeah I, I think it was it was a good move um, you know it's not a, a massive money spinner mm. but if you look at it as part of your your marketing budget it's it's getting out there to, to people that like you say wouldn't mm. necessarily find our beers um, because we are relatively local at the moment yeah. Um, so yeah I, I think it was it was a good shout to, to get involved with them and was there much deliberation about what beer to put forward for the box? Or um, Yeah, a little bit. We thought the, the session rye is something a bit different, you know, mm. so it's not, you're not then another yeah. pale ale that... Mm. Yeah, not a bog standard. Yeah, 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 it's pretty good, but it's another pale ale. It is something different mm. and, and certainly something that people... Accessible. Yeah, accessible. Um, and maybe people have tried a rye before and, and weren't that keen on it because it was there was a, a lot of rye in it yeah. mm. so it's because it's that little sort of gateway into rye beers yeah. you know, yeah. have gateway beers into rye but, uh, but yeah I think it was um, yeah, something we thought would be different to what people have, a lot of people have tried um, mm. uh, and something that stands out a bit yeah um, so in terms of the obviously we've had your beers so far in like bottle uh, you've got some 330 cans here mm-hmm. you're doing 440s is, yeah. is the canning done on site here you no got, no you've got a no so we contract can out um, yeah. yeah I think bottles I think probably done with bottles for now um, yeah. I, I just the market is all about 440 mil cans these days yeah. um, so the core range works for us for sort of on trade and and pubs and restaurants and bits that we're selling to like 330 mil cans yeah um, but bottle shops are almost exclusively looking for 440s unless it's some of the big boys that still get away with with doing 330s yeah um, but yeah i think 440s are, as you'll know yourself i think it's 75 percent of craft beer package yeah. where it was was 440 mils last year so it's the natural route progression to, to progress yeah. into yeah 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 and and from what i've heard as well obviously um some canning setups are kind of set up for one size or the other so it's not as easy as just switching over to do another different size or whatever so once you're set up if you've got your own in-house canning line or whatever you're pretty much staying put with with that size so did, did, uh, well obviously we're talking about sort of the beer styles and some of a lot of what you do are very sort of modern in style i mean what sort of challenges have you faced kind of getting your beer out to the sort of more local markets i mean has it been tricky is it sort of ongoing the, the trickiest bit is a lot of a lot of the local market and certainly the the pubs will have rotating yeah. um cask lines yeah. um, but kegs pretty much set in stone mm. you know it's definitely the the craftier side of it and the micro pubs and the tap rooms and that sort of mm. thing yeah where you've got scope for for different cakes and, and they, they're changed more regular um so i suppose we are yeah marketing ourselves more at, at that side of the market rather than your, your traditional pub yeah just hasn't got the capacity to, to take the cake beers we're doing um so yeah locally Locally, it's a little bit of a desert round, yeah. to be fair. Um, yeah. But, you know, the Birmingham scene is is really going yeah. in the right direction. Um, and there's yeah. some great places around there, which we're, we're starting to get into. Um, like I said, we did a, a takeover at Tilt, and uh, the Wolves had the chocolate milk stout on recently, and, right. and, and that sort of thing. So we're, we're certainly making inroads there. Um, 
And then, yeah, going a little bit further afield now. So we've got quite a few places up sort of towards Chester and there's a few bits around Staffordshire and up to Leek and those sort of places. Yeah, but further north. Further then. north at the moment. Um, looking, to, looking to head south in due course. But, uh, but yeah, it's certainly part of my job is quite interesting. To, I'll, I'll see a, a, a pub or a bar or something that I think would suit us yeah. on Instagram or on Facebook. And then once you start looking in the area, you go, oh my word. Who knew that Leek's got eight great craft beer bars? <laughs> yeah, you certainly wow. wouldn't expect that, would you, yeah, yeah. at all? It's, it's kind of weird, and then other places have got nothing at all. I mean, yeah. you know, we're mainly Warwick and Leamington, and there's just nothing at all, really. It's kind of weird, and, you know, like we've said many times, for us, it's like, well, let's just get on a train half an hour into Brum, and then you've got a massive choice of places that seem to be so forward-thinking in the kind of beers that they would get on, you know, sours and... All sorts of stuff that you, you wouldn't find found here, really. It's all yeah. very trad, isn't it? And so it, it kind of goes against the... Because traditionally, local businesses always used to start off selling out to the local areas, didn't they? And it, obviously in the beer world, it's, we've had it in Coventry with Twisted Barrel and Machinistas. They really struggle to get their stuff into, even into yeah, Coventry For the same clubs. reasons again, yeah. Obviously, and then, yeah, here you'd think it would be the logical thing that you'd go out to your local pubs first but it just never seems to work that way does it it's, yeah i uh, think you know if, if if we did cask then mm. then there'd be a lot more routes to market yeah. locally um so is that a choice because of the beer styles that you're doing that you don't do cask, or because it's you haven't got the cast or a bit of both really um you know we looked at, at what styles would be doing and it is doesn't suit very cask, much yeah. yeah very much keg beer that, w- that we're making um and then you know for a, for a relatively small brewery there, there's then more investment into into cast kit and then we'd have to make different beers i don't think any of our beers would would go straight into a cast so then you you know doubling up with brewing mm. cask beers for this and keg beers for that and then I suppose even from a from a customer point of view if you see a, a cask beer and it's more traditional side of things yeah. but you're a, you're a craft drinker when you see it on keg you're going to think oh do you know what I saw one of them in, in, in cask somewhere else it's not really my cup of tea so yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just ignore this one completely yeah. so it's, it's, yeah. it's, you know, you, there's you, very few that manage to do it successfully you know I think you know, unless he likes the Salopian that have, have got quite mm, a clear brand in yeah. between the two. You've, you've got your, your black label, which is keg, and, and that covers your, your craft market. Yeah. You've got your, your cast that's more trad. There's very few of them that can, mm. can straddle yeah, both there's, sides there's of the market. Yeah, there's a few exceptions, isn't there? You know, it's like Siren, quite good like yeah. that. But they've kind of been around quite a while already. Um, and I guess maybe it's just some people, that if they started off with the cask thing anyway and then diversified, yeah. whereas been a relatively new sort of setup here it's it is i mean like you're saying twisted barrel similar scenario although they do do some cask beer now but initially it was pretty much all keg and like you say they were struggling to sell into the local area because there was just nowhere that would take it really yeah you know it really you know it's still a thing that there's these two worlds don't quite overlap as much as you think they would you know some very entrenched views and opinions on either side of the fence, isn't there really? As to uh, that crafty stuff, or, you know, there's some people <laughs> they'd look at this beer and go, "Well, I can't see through it, so I'm not drinking that." You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. And then the crafty people go, "Oh, that cask stuff." <laughs> yeah. Right. So we've got another beer in front of us now, uh, and this is definitely a lot darker in the glass than the last one. Uh, this one's the Dairy Milk Stout. Um, 
What, what do we know about this one then? What's, what's this? So Dairy Milk's out. We've been making this in, in bottles for quite some time. Um, so we actually won the silver at the Zebra, local Zebra Awards for the, the chocolate milk stout. Um, this is the first time we've done 440ml cans, uh, which is something we're going to be doing more of moving forward. Um, so yeah, it's our chocolate milk stout. Um, and it's got a sort of a Cadbury's Dairy Milk look to the, the label in some ways with the purple uh, sort Maybe of a little bit. A homage to it. Homage, kind of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're fairly close to, yeah. to Bourneville. Don't want to get had it for copyright or whatever. <coughs> <No. laughs> I should have said that. You can edit, you can edit that out. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah. So what ABV is this? So it's 5%. Five. 5%, okay. Yep. Um, 5%. Milk stout, so a bit of lactose in there, plenty of cocoa nibs. Um, yep. It's not overly chocolatey. Um, you get a bit of sort of dark chocolate on, mm. the, on the back end of it. Um, a nice little bit of sweetness in there, some coffee. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty. Bit of caramel. Bit of caramel going through, yeah. Bit of sweetness. Yeah, it's definitely like a sort of bitter chocolate kind of vibe going on there yep. rather than a real milky one it's is that from the cacao do you think it's sort of yeah. that slight bitterness yeah definitely it's uh, yeah it's not an overly sweet um, cacao nibs did you what was the ratio sort of used did you use a lot of the, the nibs or it looked like the, a lot <laughs> 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 there was uh, yeah certainly a Quite big a box full of them so uh, and they all went in uh, I don't know if that's technical yeah. brewer's yeah. term big yeah. box full <laughs> so. no it's it's, it's interesting because it's quite complex there's there's all of these things in there you're getting the bitterness of the chocolate there's a bit of roastiness there's a bit of sweetness roastiness. yeah um it's uh, very good it's really good yeah yeah definitely i mean i'm one of these people that thinks you can drink a stout any time of the year i'm definitely yeah not. Of just leave it for winter kind of thing so that's good um yeah so we we're just saying earlier actually about kind of like distribution and and, and kind of getting into uh, the on-trade and stuff. How's it been with like bottle shops and, and stuff like that? Because there's, there's a few around the Midlands, isn't there? It's yeah, so it's um, yeah, it's been fairly well received. But um, it's certainly the feedback from from the bottle shops we've been visiting is is why we're doing the 440 mil cans now. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's very much that 330s are slow moving. Mm. Bottles almost don't move, um, and 440s is, is where it's at at the moment. Yeah. Um, and again, I suppose if you look at you know even sirens now mm. canning everything rather than, yeah. than bottles, which they have done for. But they've for gone months. 330, haven't they? They've gone 330, yeah, which, which is, is a, a little bit against yeah. uh, mm. against the grain, against a little the grain bit, a bit. Yeah. But, um, but you know, I think they've managed to stick with bottles a lot longer than anyone else. They've got that yeah. that name and that market share that means exactly we can. Yeah. A little bit do what we want. <laughs> I think, I pr- think, yeah, pretty soon it's only going to be the Colonel that are uh, yeah. still producing <laughs> yeah. bottles, yeah. but, yeah. you know, the beers are damn good. They're so, so good. Their reputation um, still shifts. Yeah, exactly. Although a Colonel label on the can, I think, would look pretty cool. It would. I just can't see them. Can't see it. Cans. It's, nah. it's, that would be a bit of a game changer, wouldn't would it? Would you really? want to see it, really? I mean, deep down. No. Yeah, so it's, I don't know. It's one of them things, isn't it, really? For, for, for beer geeks, they know the kernel, don't they? Yeah. And they're like, oh, I know that's good. But in our local mm-hmm. bottle shop, you know, I'd heard that the, they, they the kernel bottles they? are selling slowly because yeah. to the less informed people, they're just like, 
oh, that's just a bottle with a brown label on it. It, it just know. doesn't stand out, yeah. does it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so not I think amongst all the pretty cans now. Exactly, you've got to stand out on the shelves, haven't you? Yeah, really? 100%. Uh, and the, the nice purple design on this dairy milk mm. stout 440. It looks fantastic. It really yeah. does look great, I must admit. Yeah, um, so yeah, that, that'll stand out on the shelves for sure. Um, yes, yeah, so um, in terms of distribution and stuff, do you, do you go through like third party distribution? Uh, yes, yeah, so we've got a couple of wholesalers that we're working with. Um, so InExpress have the majority of our stuff. Um, ours are us, um, take a fair bit of stuff off us as well. Mm. Um, so they're the two, two wholesalers that we're using. Um, other than that, it's, it's direct sales from ourselves. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, as I was saying earlier, you know, if it's about finding a, a cluster of, of bars and, and bottle shops and then planning a route that means we can multi-drop. Um, so we do a, a sort of monthly run up through Stafford and there's a dozen places that will drop on the way. So it makes it, yeah. makes it worthwhile. Uh, and we're not, you know, we're not trying to reduce our carbon footprint and then driving 200 miles to drive. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah, I completely reverse yeah. yeah. what you're you know. doing. Yeah, I was exactly. just going to say that. It's time for an electric van. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, so we've got some nice little, little monthly runs out that we do. Um, to multi-drop it, it makes more sense to us yeah. Um, but yeah we, we're looking at, at maybe some other distributors to, to do further afield for us mm-hmm. yeah um, can people uh, well you were saying earlier you sort of broadening out from the Midlands a little bit so it's, it's turning up slightly further afield um, is, there, is there a web shop if, if like the drinkers themselves can get hold of the, yep. the cans yeah um, there will be imminently um, right. so we've just had a, a, an update on our, our website which will go live next week Yeah. Uh, and there is a shop as part of that I'm just sorting out the fulfilment side of that um, so the web shop will be live I would have thought in the next three or four weeks uh, and then that's nationwide distribution on, on that oh cool cool so yeah anybody anywhere in the UK then can get yeah. all your stuff which is great awesome. um, and oh the other thing I was going to say is um, yeah so we talked about the core range but yep. you've got some other specials in tank at the moment yes we do um, we're going to be doing at least a monthly release of, of a special in, in 440 and then we're doing keg releases of, of specials in between those as well. Um, so obviously this Dairy Milk Stout is the, the first of those new releases. Uh, we've got a, uh, it's called Lime All Yours Basil, which is um, a brew of the Lime and Basil Saison that you guys have, have tried previously yeah. as, a, as a mystery beer. Um, so that is also into the 440s, very similar branding, but is bright green. Yeah. Uh, we've then currently in the fermenter at the moment, uh, is a blackcurrant brine springs which is a blackcurrant and blueberry goes we're doing wow. in collaboration with churchfield salt and droidwich salt yeah uh, who have restarted salt production in droidwich used to be a big yeah, thing that's a thing over that way isn't it yeah. yeah um so yeah it is pure brine salt um yeah. i don't know if you've seen brad carter does uh, some flavored salts Oh, right, right. That's who he works with for these flavoured salts. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so we're doing a, a, a goes with them. Uh, with and then we've got. Quite a bit of fruit in that one, you were saying? Yeah, so of, it's yeah. about 130 grams of fruit per litre. Which is uh, right up there, isn't it? Which with is, like... yeah, is close to as much as anyone's putting yeah. into, a, into a goes. Um, we, did, we did three different varieties of it for the guys from Churchfield to come down and do a bit of a tasting with the team and, and see which ones I liked and, and this was definitely the, the clear winner. Yeah. Uh, it looks great. It's 
as you'd imagine, bright, uh, <laughs> red. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great beer. Uh, so we're certainly looking forward to that one. Um, cool. So yeah, that should be going for can in, in the next uh, next week or two. Uh, we then got New England IPA, um, mm. just because I think you have to these days, really. Yeah. Um, and then after that, we're looking for we're getting up to Christmas. We've got a gingerbread porter. Oh um, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. 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 So so that, that's what we've got planned for for the foreseeable. Uh, and then, like I say, in between that, on the on the smaller brewing kit, we're doing just some keg releases. Um, so we've got a, a cherry and basil sour. Mm. which is in keg at the moment. We took that to Tamworth Food and Drink Festival last week. Uh, went down really well. Uh, and then we've got a... It's our, our birthday coming up, so we're doing a birthday cake IPA. Oh, wow. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah, it should be, should be a bit of fun. Um, cool. Yeah, birthday cake's going into the into the mash. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, so... Yeah, yeah, the just, candles as well. Thinking, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, when you no, said a birthday... Put the head thick enough, we can yeah. probably balance the candles. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. The tea light just floating yeah, on the top of the line. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the sort of thing Armand Polo would do, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, Maybe throw, throw a hamburger yeah. in. When you said a birthday cake IPA, I think I was thinking, well, what are you throwing in there then to make it taste like a birthday cake? No, you are actually actual, actual cake. Yeah, yeah. 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 So there you, you go. A, a Beer and cake. Oh, you can't go wrong, can you? Perfect really? match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, there you just mentioned you've got a smaller pilot kit or whatever. What's the, the brew kit size of your, your main kit? Uh, so we've got a six barrel kit that, yeah. that we do the main brews on. So, certainly, if we're, if we're canning and kegging, we'll do a, a double brew on that. Um, right. And then it's what? couple of thousand cans and, and 20 odd kegs we'll get out of a out of double brew mm. uh, we've then got a single brew barrel kit which we yeah, do some of the sort of experimental stuff on and, yeah. and, and the, that will go into 20 litre key kegs um, and it's yeah a bit of, bit of a tester kit really so cherry and basil's gone really well so far um, so potentially that will see its way into a, in, into a big can maybe next summer you know it's, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's a good way to get feedback on, on doing a, a smaller brews of stuff and presumably the fruits you're putting into try and get those lo- source those locally if you can and if, if we could there's, there's yeah. a lot of fruit so it's, uh, it's purees we use ah, at the moment right, right, yeah. a lot of people use puree don't they yeah, it's, it's, yeah there's a lot of fruit the, the, the lime basil we're using real limes and yeah, we get to spend a couple of days zesting and, and juicing limes. There's every man and his dog yeah. zesting away. Um, and at the end of it, you never want to see a lime again. Yeah, exactly. yeah. The place smells lovely, though. It smells of, smells of basil and lime. Yeah. It doesn't smell like a brewery at all. It's delightful. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, um, have you got any plans to do sort of um, meet the brewer type events and festivals and stuff? Um, yes, yeah, so we're certainly doing quite a lot of sort of food and drink festivals at the moment um, I'd like to do more beery stuff so, so hopefully next year we'll do we'll do some of the more beer festivals um, but we've just done um, Tamworth food and drink last week I'm going up to, to Wakefield beer festival next weekend yeah um, with the guys from the, the craft beer lovers forum on, on Facebook they've got a, a keg bar down there yeah so we're going to have lime and basil on, on down there and, and, and spend a bit of time with those guys um, and then we've got the Solihull Food and Drink Festival the weekend after. Um, Ulster Festival's coming up uh, start of October. So mm. we, we do a few bits and bobs. Um, but yeah, I, I certainly it's something that we like to do. You know, it's the best way to get face-to-face feedback straight yeah. away. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah, and then look at maybe next year looking at the, some of the, the sort of more beery festivals. We did, did taps and that this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we, that's that's the plan to try and try and get out there a bit more. Yeah. So when, when you go and do the food festivals and stuff, is it just bottles you're selling, or you got some? No, no, we've got, uh, we've got a little mobile bar. Oh um, right, right. Yes, we've got a little mobile bar we take with us. Uh, we've got four keg lines on that. On we've got a couple of Lindas. Yeah. Um, we sell cans and bottles for, for, for takeaways and that. But uh, yeah. yeah, certainly certainly put the keg beers out. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. What would be your dream brewery to collaborate with? Oh, first of all, dear. but also who you have got planned as well. Okay. Um, so two questions. I suppose really. dream breweries. Super dream brewery would be the Vale. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay. I, I, I just think because they're, they're like sours or the sours they're doing and the stouts. Yeah, I think just just knocking out amazing beer. I've, I've not had anywhere near as many of them as I'd mm. like to because um, just getting hold of them is like yeah, rock yeah. horse, uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do do. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, it's uh, yeah that'd be a, a dream I suppose. Um, mm. More likely, uh, so we've got a first first brew or the last brew of this year which will be the first release of, of next year we're doing a, a collaboration with uh, the guys at Team Toxic uh, so Gaz and Sue are coming down and, and we're going to be doing uh, it's looking like a, a low ABV pale ale um, for, for start of the new year um, other than that I don't know the local guys would be great to do stuff with you know yeah. I think be nice to do something with, with the guys over at Burning Soul or, mm. or Glasshouse or something like that. I think Salopian's one that that would be a great great guys to get involved with. Um, yeah. I know Bert knows the guys from Daya pretty well. Oh right, so right. That would be again. I suppose that's getting up there towards yeah. the the Vale side of things. You know, yeah. that's that's a bit sort of in in the dreams. But uh, yeah, their reputation has kind of skyrocketed over the last couple of years. Yeah, hasn't it? you know, and, and it's yeah consistently. Putting out bangers, and they yeah, um, yeah, totally. Yeah, and then yeah, I suppose my probably my favourite brewery at the moment consistently would be Northern Monk. You know, mm-hmm. so, yeah, yeah. So something, yeah, something from them again would be would be amazing. But uh, <laughs> I think we need to be somewhat bigger. Yeah. <laughs> I think these things yeah. take time, don't they? Really, it's it's one of those things where you just establish yourself on on the scene, you know, and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah. So um, have you got any plans to open a tap room here at the brewery, or is it is it? Not here. Um, it's certainly something we've spoken about down the line, um, but I don't think we wouldn't open one here. Um, bit too, uh, bit too hard to get to. Bit really, too hard to it? get yeah. to. You know, if you look out the windows, not exactly the most picturesque <laughs> no. settings. Um, no. I don't know. I've drunk in a lot of places that um, uh, less. Yeah, I think I think we would like to open a tap room, um, but it would have to be a, a separate yeah. location. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, finding the right location mm. at the right price in the right areas. Yeah. Uh, not easy. Not, not easy. And it goes back to what mm. we were saying earlier about, yeah, you could probably get... Um, something a little bit cheaper rental wise or whatever in in redditch but are redditch people ready for it so uh, so then like you say you go out to birmingham but where of course you then your your shop rental prices it's funny though because you know the 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 craft scene is kind of spreading its wings a little bit i mean i've not been there yet but you've got is it craft in in shirley yep and you've got bailey's of bromsgrove which i haven't been to yet either which is only just down the road um, so yeah, yeah, so I think yeah, certainly spreading out. You know, we've been to Bailey's a little bit, and uh, 
yeah, hopefully they'll be they'll be stocking our beers once we've got a, a range of four forties. I said they'd be keen on that. Yeah. Um, crafting, you know, I, I live over in in Sutton Coalfield, and, and crafting is literally yeah. next door to my house. Which came first, you buying the house or the yeah. ground? <laughs> About the same time, actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's there are these tap rooms cropping up and, and the mm. bottle shops cropping up that it's just so much easier coming from a, a, a an operator's background you know the 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 issue the cost involved with, with a pub and a, a traditional pub and then if one comes up it's because it's not doing very well mm. so you've then got a reputation you've got to turn around with that as well yeah buying a retail unit and turn into a into a, a micro pub into a bar with no lingering reputation nothing that you're trying to shift you can hit the ground running yeah um, and, and I, that's definitely why there's such a an uprise in in these micropub type type venues which suits us you know that is the perfect perfect market for, for what we're doing yeah i'd sort of not thought about because the, there's there's not that many micropubs not in brum so much really is there i mean we've got one in warwick but um they're like really there's a lot of them down in Kent and stuff, isn't there, where the sort of whole micropub thing started off. But, mm. yeah, it's interesting, actually, the, the sort of thought of, yeah, t- you have to turn a place around if it's got a bit of a bad rep, then it closes down, then you start again. But it's a completely clean sheet, isn't it, really? Yeah, exactly. You start with a micropub. Yeah, and, and if, you, if, you, if you took a, a pub on and tried to introduce craft beer from day one, you know, mm. you're going to have the, the previous customers that will be... Hold on, six quid a pint. Yeah. What's all this? Yeah. Where's, where's Carlsberg gone? And that's all. Yeah. It's, it's, you're fighting against that, but then you've got guys who, who remember it as as being a, a traditional pub, and and they're not instantly going to know that actually now it's it's, it's got a better range. And so it's, it's it's quite hard work to to turn that ship around, really. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's um it's it's interesting that that route though. But a lot of people have said that having a tap room is. Is great if you're struggling to find a, a route to market in the local area that you know a lot of your production then just goes straight into the tap room and your, yep. your margins are great then aren't they yeah definitely um do you feel that um social media is important for a brewery these days i think so um yeah. i think you know it's, it's it's great for you know the money that you used to spend on on advertising marketing in, in printed press yeah for, for very little return is now become obsolete because you have your Instagram you have your Facebook you have your Twitter and it is fundamentally free um, and it does build build interest in stuff you know I've, same with Untapped I was looking at our, our Untapped stats the other day um, and as if you're Untapped for business it will tell you that what beers people have got on their wish list oh yeah so yeah. the Dairy Milk Stout is on I don't know 40 people's wish lists well that's got to have been through seeing it on social media and, and, and stuff that we've put out there. So that tells you that someone's someone's looking at it. I'm not just talking to myself. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's it, yeah. You know, um, so, so yeah, there's definitely, you know, there's other breweries that are doing it much better than us that, that are building that hype before before a beer even comes out. Um, yeah. But yeah, getting getting people to see your products and, and know what, what you're doing, um, I, I think it's... it's you can't not do it these days. Yeah, is is that run from here the social? Yeah. Uh, yes, so it's it's myself and, and Jack will do the majority of it. We have got a, a marketing company that do bits and bobs for us. Yeah. Certainly. Um, yeah, some of the more sort of salesy type stuff they will put on there. Right. Pictures of 
the brewery and, and when we're out and about, that'll be that'll be more f- from us. Um, you know, I think there's definitely different channels for different things. So yeah, Instagram I think is just just us showing what we're doing and, and yeah. this is us being us. Um, I think Facebook and, and that is probably more salesy and, and events. We're going to be here and we're going to do this, that, and the other. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how the, the demographic sort of splits across different things. I've always found that the beery stuff more is Twitter and like Facebook slightly less, but people seem to like Facebook for the events thing because they can respond. Interested tr- or not interested. Uh, but but or... if you put interested, that tells Everybody. the event organiser nothing really. No. It means you might show up or you might not show up, but you can get a good... Um, indicator from from people sort of saying, yeah, I'm definitely going. Yeah, I think so. Um, so where do you kind of see lab culture in the, in say a couple of years time? Sort of, is it going to be the traditional sort of growth, or have you got other kind of strategies that you uh, plan? Yeah, I think I think trying for relatively organic growth. Really, I, I mm. think starting to put out more beers, um, starting to push the boundaries of what we're doing a little bit more. I think we'd like to like to look at maybe some barrel aging stuff and, mm-hmm. and maybe some of the sort of bigger hitters look at some imperial stouts right, and that yeah. sort of thing um, I think Bert is, is very keen on, on pushing himself and, and doing something a bit more and a bit different you know, more Belgian styles I was going to say that actually uh, I, I love the Belgian styles doubles, yeah. triples and um, pr- probably not Bert is not a, a massive fan of Belgian style beers um, <laughs> okay he's, he's, he's a fan of sour beers um, yeah. so certainly yeah sort of Belgian style sours um, is something that, that you'll hopefully see more of from us um, so yeah sours and, and stouts are really where I'd like to see us heading more into um, yeah. but again with a with a nice nice steady flow of of, of Pals and IPA is a bit, a bit of an all-rounder, really. Um, mm. But I suppose as time progresses, we'll start seeing where our speciality lies and, and what our customer base is, is looking more for, and then, then maybe that will shape the direction direction we're going in. That's and I suppose in terms of your growth as well, because you're doing this whole, the hot water's coming from the um, from the farm. And yes, you, I, from looking at there, it looks as though you have got some space to kind of expand both. both. But does one depend on the other? Um, so if your brewery starts, if you know, if the brewery starts to take off a bit more, and you're not producing enough hot water to produce the, you know, if you want to increase your barrel size, and yeah, stuff, I think it's, I think we're producing enough hot water to do a lot more than we're doing. Right. Um, so we're about to order another FV because we are not brewing at capacity at the moment um, that certainly was, was slowing down production right um, and there's certainly enough hot water produced to, to, to manage that to, to double up the capacity we've got at the moment um, and then we are looking at a, a new site for, for a farm 10 times the size of the current farm which will produce 10 times as much hot water uh, I'm not sure we're going to build a brewery 10 times the size maybe <laughs> a, a bit yeah. a bit over optimistic at the moment but but there will certainly be capacity to to build a, another brewery on the side of that but i suppose that's it then that's so that was i suppose that's that is it fundamentally because the farm's going to yeah. grow anyway then yes if the brewery does grow yeah, to that exactly. size you, know, you can absolutely more than cope with it so yeah, yeah. it's uh yeah there's definitely capacity to yeah. to to build as as big as demand asked for 
Yeah. Oh, that's that's yeah. good to know. Yeah. Yeah. So how can people find out more? Obviously, you've got the website, the social media and all that sort of thing. The main thing, I guess, is pointing people to your... What's the website address? Um, so it's www.labculture.com. Okay. Um, nice and easy. Um, yeah. So you can find stuff on there. There's a, a, a blog that gets updated on there with various bits and bobs that we're up to. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, just as Lab Culture Brewery. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that has a lot of the bits and bobs we're doing. Certainly, any new cam releases and that sort of thing. Yeah. We'll, we'll go out across across the socials. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the best way to keep keep, keep up with keep what we're getting on with. Yeah. Excellent stuff. Well, that's great. Well, cheers. Excellent stuff. Thank you. Thank um, you very much. Yeah. So. Um, Thanks for listening, everybody. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe to the podcast so that new episodes will always appear in your podcast app. Please leave a review as this really helps other people to find us. We're now also on Spotify for those of you into streaming your music. Uh, you can also listen to us on there as well. And uh, we're on all the usual social media channels. Uh, if you've got any requests for beers or breweries and tap rooms for us to review in future, or you want to be a guest on the podcast, please get in touch. In the meantime, cheers. See you everybody. next time. Cheers. Yeah, Thank cheers. You very much. Cheers, John. Cheers. Thank you.